Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Heavy metal. The way it was meant to be.
All right, welcome back to Heavy Metal Mayhem. We got a great show for you tonight in a fantastic way to close out the month of January. Neil Wilkinson of Spartan Warriors, our guest. And we're actually going to get Neil on the line in about five minutes or so because it's getting late over there in the UK. And I know he's not feeling too well and we don't want to keep him up. So uh, I'm just going to get on one or two more songs and get on some Spartan Warrior for you. And then we'll uh, reach out to Neil. Right there, that was Avenger with Too Wild to Tame. And Avenger is on one of the is one of the bands on the Brofest coming up this March, and we'll talk to Neil more about that. It's a great festival that's going to take place over two days, featuring a lot of classic new wave of British heavy metal bands, and we'll try to get as many bands that are on that bill on today's show to help promote it and get people out there. And that was one of them. That that song, uh, Two Wild Tank, came off a single that featured Brian Ross on vocals on Blitzkrieg and Satan. And I just saw today that Satan is going to be playing a festival in uh, Montreal, Canada. That's like the first time they've ever even come close to, you know, New York. So I'm actually thinking about making a weekend trip if I can uh, up there because they're one of my favorite bands, Satan, and I definitely want to try to catch those guys. Hopefully they'll be able to line something up here in New York, but we'll have to wait and see. But that's going to take place in August. I'm looking forward to that, and there'll be a new Satan record coming out this year. So what a great year for those guys. All right, let's get on one more band that's going to be on the Brofest. And then I'm going to go right into some Spartan Warrior for you, some classic Spartan Warrior. Then we're going to get Neil on the line. Here's Bashful Alley with Light It Up.
All right, Spartan Warrior with Hell Have No Mercy. And we're going to reach out to Neil in a couple of minutes and get him on because I know it's getting late over there in the UK. But right now, my partner in crime is back. Tommy, what's going on, buddy? Hey, buddy. How you been? Good. What's happening? Uh, just hanging in there. Uh, I uh, hear you. I'm glad there's no cricket or lacrosse matches there to take you away from us. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. That's funny. I like that. Yeah, I'm glad you're here. So that, that's good. It's good to have you back. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Well, after having to have Kenny last week by myself, you know, I, I needed a break. Oh, okay. Nah, nah. Kenny Kenny delivered his news and his uh, constant updates in, in, in perfect manner last week. I like that. He's good. He's very good with the uh, with the chit-chat. Yeah, well, you know, he likes to hear himself talk, so it's perfect. It's perfect. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, we got You know, I just got a copy of uh, the new Saxon record, Sacrifice. It came yesterday, but I didn't get a chance to listen wow, to it. Oh, really? Yeah. So uh, I'll get you a copy out, and uh, yeah, yeah. And then uh, maybe next week. I, I know it's not coming out till next month. I have to check when they will let us play it, but uh, yeah, hopefully right. next week we'll be able to get that on. But I just heard like a quick clip, and it didn't sound too bad. But uh, I saw that uh, Biff he did an interview with some magazine from Greece. And uh, first he said that they weren't going to record any new Saxon records. Then he corrected himself like later on. So oh. he just doesn't know what's going to happen yet. You know, they need a little break. And they've put out like two or three records in a row, like one year after the next, and they've toured yeah. nonstop. Yeah. So I could see. But he was also saying that he wants to concentrate on a solo record, uh, you know, I guess next year, because they're going to be out this whole year. But he wants a solo record to sound like he was saying Denim and Leather and 747 and all those clips. That, I'm like, why would you want to put out a solo record that sounds like the band you're in now? Yeah, exactly. Just yeah, right. And the, and the classic version of the band with those cl- <laughs> why not just write that kind of music with Saxon? I mean, I think they've been putting out great records over the last yeah. couple of years. So yeah, pretty much. Yeah. There's no beef there, but if you're gonna go back to writing classic Saxon tunes, why not do it with Saxon? I don't. <laughs> maybe that's just me. I don't know. Wow. Kind of weird, huh? It is kind of weird. Maybe uh, the rest of the band wants to go a different way now. That's that could be, but you know, um, when we had Graham Oliver on the show, he was saying that Saxon is run by Biff, and nobody else really this has any say in it anymore. It's like you know, it, it's he, you know, he's the driving force behind the band right now. Right, so right, right. I don't see anybody else telling him otherwise. Even though there are a few other original members in the group, but right. I guess over the years, maybe he just kind of took over, you know. Right. Eh, who knows? Hey, well, listen, we got an interview with Neil Wilkerson tonight from Spartan Warrior, and uh, I told him I'd call him about 6.15, so we're going to do the interview right now. We'll get him on. Let me just, uh, every time we I do something with Skype, it just never comes out right, so let me see if we could uh, make this happen. I was supposed to interview Michelle Longevent from uh, Voivod this week, Oh. and we did it with Skype, and it just bombed out. It just didn't, we just, it wasn't cooperating that day, <laughs> so it, the interview went to shit, so we're going to try to do it again and get that on another time, but... They're hitting the road right now, so I don't know when it's going to take place. But uh, it started out pretty good. It just didn't take. <laughs> it just didn't go that way in the end. Wow. All right. Let me see if we can get Neil here on Skype. There we go. Let's do this. Add the call. And this should work, I believe. Okie dokie. Neil, is that you? No, maybe not. Hello. Hey, Neil, is that you? Yes. Mike. Yeah, hi Mike. How's it going? I'm do- better than you. I know that you're sick as a dog. Oh, I'm, I'm ill. <laughs> yeah, this flu has been going all over the place. We were, it was killing us here in in, uh, in the U.S. for like a couple of weeks. So I guess you guys picked it up now. Yeah, well, Edward Dave had it first, and he likes to share, so I've got it. That's bad news. But hey, the good news is that Spot Warrior's been back for a while now. You know, yeah. 
And, and thank God, because it's been a lonely music scene without you guys. So I'm glad you decided to put it all back together. Oh, uh, thanks very much. Um, yeah, I mean, we decided to get back together quite a while ago now. Um, and sort of main reason to do another album. Um, and one thing led to another, and it, it, it ended up becoming a, a permanent thing. You know, a few line changes along the way as well. But on the whole, you know, all good. Well, that, well, that happens. I mean, you know, you did try to get the original guys back together when you first tried to, you know, put the band back. Yeah, I mean, uh, for the album, uh, there was four out of five originals. Uh, Paul Swaddle couldn't do it. Um, but I managed to get me, Dave, Tom and Gordon, and, and we managed to do an album like that. But obviously with it being a, sort of a five-piece band, uh, we had to recruit a second guitarist uh, for live work. Uh, which we've got a friend of mine, Mark Chappell, to do that. Um, and then uh, he decided to call Dear not so long ago, as did Tom and Gordon, and uh, we found uh, three three replacements pretty much straight away. And uh, we think it's the best lineup we've had. Oh, it's definitely a solid lineup, man. I, I'm telling you. Other people that just go to YouTube and check out some clips. I mean, you got a bunch of young guns with you now, so it must keep you on your toes. Well, yeah, I mean, we're half the band here overnight, and so it's great for me and Dave. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. Right. You, know, you go back to the beginning of the band, you think like around 1980 or so, and, you mm. know, everybody refers to that ever now as a new wave of British heavy metal, but what was it like at that time in England when mm. all these bands had just started? Because really, who'd you have? Just really Iron Maiden and maybe Saxon going at it in the beginning, and there was really yeah. nothing else happening. Well, yeah, I mean, the thing is, I mean, the likes of me and Dave can remember when Saxon were going around uh, as, as being called Son of a Bitch. Yeah. Um, playing all the local bars, uh, where were you from and stuff. <clears throat> so, yeah, I mean, the, the the whole new wave of British heavy metal thing, it, it, me and Dave always think it's a bit funny because we didn't know we were part of that until afterwards and other people told us we were. <laughs> I mean, to me, to me, it's all just rock music, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's not to say I'm not proud to be associated with the new wave of British heavy metal. But, um, yeah, it, it's sort of one of those things when you look back and you think, well, yeah, well, okay, new wave of British heavy metal, call it what you like. To me, it's all music. Exactly. You know, a lot of bands say that. They're like, you know, you were part of like this doom metal scene or this, you know, thrash. Yeah. Like, uh, we didn't even know we were. Like, you know, because they're just doing what they want to do like you guys were. And all of yeah. a sudden, a whole, you know, a scene erupts years later with a title to it. Yeah, well, that's it. I mean, I know as far as, far as Spark Murray is concerned, we've, we've always sort of, people have always said, oh, you know, there's this, like, melodic side to you, and then, and then you're heavy as hell the next minute, and all the, what's going on? Are you trying to capture a particular market? And that's never been the case. We, we just play what we play. Yeah, and, you know, back then, the music that you guys were playing was kind of new in its own way, because, you know, I mean, a lot of people haven't heard stuff like that. It, yeah. There was really, you know, like with people, you know, Black Sabbath, they go back to them. Where did they come up with that kind of sound from when nothing before them sounded that way? And you guys were in that same boat back in the early 80s. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I suppose so. But uh, the thing with us, with the, the albums, we never felt as though the first two albums really showed what we're actually like as a band. Um, and I think people who've seen us live will, will know what I mean by that. Uh, I, I think we're... we're 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 more of a live band. We're saying we're heavier live. Um, so yeah, uh, I think you I think you captured a lot of that sound on Behind Closed Eyes compared to like Stealing Chains or the Spartan Warrior record. You know, plus you know, twenty five, twenty six years later, technology has changed. You know, the way bands yeah. play and write music. 
Yeah, well, I mean, with behind closed eyes, I mean, as far as we were concerned, the, we felt that there was a lot of things that were wrong that we wanted to put right. And behind, that's what behind closed eyes was all about. And we're sort of like making the album that we always wanted to make. And that's why we did it ourselves. Um, we didn't go to the studio. We, we did it in my house. Uh, I went out and bought a recording set up and spent six months just messing about learning how to use it. And then we recorded it that way. So, but even though it was on a new technology, it, it was um, it was all like live takes, you know. There, there was no uh, cutting and pasting or anything like that on the Pro Tools. It was all songs played from beginning to end the way we used to do it. Yeah, you know, that do-it-yourself attitude has always been a part of hard rock and, and heavy metal throughout the years, yeah. going back to the early days. At, at least in the early days, you know, you strive to kind of get on a major label or, or a record label today. You know, the industry is in tatters, so every band oh, is, yeah. is doing everything on their own today. And at least, like I said, that technology, you know, mm. it works for bands today because they're able to record and put out albums where, you know, 30 years ago, if you didn't have the backing of a label, you weren't going anywhere oh. a lot of times. Yeah, I mean, totally. I mean, it's I mean, it's one of the best things I ever did was buying that recording set up. And I mean, it's it's not ideal in some ways in as much as it does come with a lot of compromises. Um, like on behind closed eyes, we had to use an electronic kit with it being in the house. I couldn't make up a live kit. Um, so that was one of the biggest compromises. But at the end of the day, it's still a drummer playing it. Um, and, and for me, it's all about the songs and, and playing is playing. You know, it, it doesn't matter what it what what it is that's making the noise. It's yeah. I, I, would, I would prefer it was a, a an acoustic kit, but needs must at the time, and that's what we went with what we had. Yeah, you got to, like I said, you got to work with what you have. I think you did a fantastic job on it, Neil. And were any of these songs held over from like the old days, or was everything just written when the band got back together, or have you are these songs you've worked on? Over the last twenty something years, no, it was uh, the last album. Uh, it was a real mishmash of, of, of things. There, there was um, some stuff from way back nineteen eighty three. Uh, Never take me alive was recorded for Steel and Chains, and it was dropped uh, for Steel and Chains by the producer uh, who wasn't keen on it, and and we thought it was the best thing that we'd done for Steel and Chains, to be honest, and we, we were gutted when he dropped it. Um, so we decided to bring that one back. Uh, there was a couple on there. Um, I think Last Man Standing was possibly late 80s. Another one, um, sort of uh, Tear Out Your Heart, I think we wrote sort of 95, 96-ish. And then the rest of the album was stuff that I'd written um, on my own. Because even though Spartan Warrior wasn't together, I was still I, I was always into to, to writing songs and demoing songs. Um, so some were sort of finished except for, for lyrics. Um, and then some were, were actually finishing off writing them as we recorded them. So it, it, it was a real mixture of, of, of stuff. It, it's a solid record. You know, when you go back to like the second, the Spartan Warrior record in 84, mm. a, a year later, the band's kaput. Yeah. What happened back then? Was it just, you know, you guys going at it with each other or just the whole scene no, in general? No, I mean, th th this is one of the things. I, I think because back in the day... The, there wasn't that much known about us, so people tended to, to sort of fill in the gaps themselves. And I know some people have said, oh, you know, you, you were fighting amongst yourselves, and that, that was never the case. Um, it, it, was, it was more to do with the fact we, we weren't happy with the second album in a lot of ways, really. Um, and David just had enough, so he decided to call it here. And 
once he had gone, we, we never felt it was it was ever quite the same again. Even though we had different, sort of a couple of different singers that we tried out, it didn't really work. Um, and then shortly after, Paul Swaddle decided to call it a day. And then I think it was me, Tom, and Gordon were sort of stuck together as a band, and we kept practicing and rehearsing and, and writing songs together. I would say for another five years after that before we decided to sort of call it a deer altogether. Uh, but even then, I mean, I think we got back together, ooh, it must have been sort of towards the end of the 80s and we, we did like a, a four-song demo tape just, just for just for kicks sort of thing. Um, one of those being Tear Out Your Heart, actually. Um, and, you know, so it, it was never sort of through through sort of squabbles or, or fighting or anything like that. So, which is, in a way, is why it was so easy to get the band back together once we decided to make another go of it. Yeah, I, I, you had Steve Taylor in the band, but I, I don't remember yeah. that. I don't know why. Um, well, it was it was only for a very short amount of time. I mean, what happened was uh, David uh, left, and we were looking around for a, a replacement, and uh, Steve Taylor was singing in a, another local band at the time, and, and we got him in. And there to do a demo for a, a third album uh, for Roadrunner, and we, we did, like I say, we did this demo in uh, Impulse Studios, and uh, I, I think it, it was part. Of the, I don't think the record company were quite keen on on the way the band was sounding, either. Um, and it, the, I think the quote was they wanted us to play devil music, um, <laughs> and we say, well, no, that's not really what we're about. So we just decided to call it a day altogether with Roadrunner after that. Um, and like I said, then it, it just didn't really work, you know. So, some things work for a reason, and Dave works in Spartan Warrior. Um, it's just one of those things. Yeah. Is it, was it harder to lose Dave than another member, being that, you know, you guys are together? Um, well, yeah, I, I think Dave's got a very distinct voice, uh, I think. And, he, you know, you, you can sort of, I think you can sort of replace a guitarist or a drummer or a, a bass player easier than you can because he is the front of the band and, and he probably is the thing that most people listen to um so yeah i, th I think it is, when you've got somebody with a really distinctive voice i think it does make it difficult um to, to to replace someone like that yeah well you guys are back together now and it's all sounded good and another big thing is uh you got the bro fest coming up yeah, what a build that is, man! What a lineup on that build. Oh, I, I started out, I played yeah. Bashful Alley, and I played Avenger yeah. before you came on. I'm gonna get yeah. all those bands on, but that's some show. Yeah, oh, we, we can't we do it. Um, we met the the lads from Bro U here um, 2011 uh, when we played Headbangers Open in Germany, and uh, we got talking to them then, and then they came along to watch us at another local show and said they were looking to do something. So when they announced this, we couldn't wait to get on it. Um, and we've also done a show recently with Avenger, and that that was a really, really good night. Uh, I love playing with Avenger, and, and pleased to be playing on the same night as them again. Uh, but it is, it's it's good, and apparently, yeah, Black Rose have been added uh, to the bill as well. Yeah. Uh, I think they're opening up the whole thing. So that's going to be good, because I, I haven't seen Black Rose since 1983, 84 or something, uh, at a local nightclub, you know. So I'm really looking forward to seeing that. Can't wait to play it. Yeah, I mean, these are the classic bands, and they're all going to be there for two days. Mm. I mean, I wish I was over there to go see it. It's a little too far for me, but <laughs> as far as shows go, I mean, and 
you, I guess you kind of have to stay local or within traveling distance because you know it's not that easy to get on a tour today or or to string a whole bunch of shows together. Yeah. So how's the scene over there these days? Because over here in the U.S., more and more people are into the hard rock and metal scene again, especially yeah. from the '80s bands. But they're not really coming out to a lot of shows. They're not really showing up like to the concerts yeah. anymore. Um, I think it's 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 getting more popular. Um, it sort of died a death for a while, but. Yeah. And I know it out sort of on mainland Europe, it, it's way more popular than it is here. But all the work that the, the lads from Bro UK are putting in, I think we're starting to, there's something going on. And I, I, I don't know what it is, but people are starting to attend more. And the thing that I've noticed, it's the age of the audience. I mean, like I said, the sort of James and Dan, the bass player and drummer in, in Spartan Warrior now, they're in the early 20s. And, and the is in the sort of metal as much as I've ever been. And there's a lot of people their age who were who were getting into it and you know, under the real deal. You know, the, the yeah. really love it. And and that's the thing that there sort of spurs me on more than anything at the moment, knowing that there's like sort of a resurgence of, of well, a younger audience and hopefully older bands can sort of contribute to that. Oh, definitely. I mean, I I see the same thing too. People that listen to this show, or people that uh, you know, that I talk to, that I'm like, they're like 20 years old, and they're rattling out these facts about bands from the late 70s, early yeah. 80s. I'm like, wow. I said, I know when I was that age, I couldn't tell you anything about my father's music because I didn't listen I, to it. Yeah. But the, the kids today, they just they eat it up, they devour it. The only yeah. bad thing is that they don't buy the records. You know, they look for everything uh, for free. But yeah, well, the, you see, this is the this is the way the the music industry's messed up at the moment, isn't it? Uh, Everybody wants it for free, yeah. um, and unfortunately, bands cost money to run. It's uh, that's the bottom line. <laughs> I know it's a shame because, like I always say, this the albums today are cheaper than they were back in the eighties. Well, yeah, well, I can't believe it. I mean, what, what is it with the, the iTunes thing? It's something like seventy-five pence a track. I mean, who who can complain that seventy-five pence a song? Yeah, you know, uh, I would I would quite happily pay ten ten pounds for for an album. So back in the day, I'll probably pay more still. Yeah, I always say that they're, they're, they're pretty cheap today, and you know, I prefer to have the whole album than just one song. But oh yeah, at least yeah. with people that have that opportunity to go and say, "Oh, I, I never heard of Spot War. Let me, you know, yeah. pay for one song and try them out." And then you might win over a fan. Yeah, but uh, a lot of them just downloaded illegally, and it, like it says, it yeah. takes money out of your pocket. It makes it harder for you yeah. to put yeah. out a new record. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, it's it's not the fact that we're looking to make like you know. Thousands of pounds off it. It's, it's literally just keeping a band running. Yeah, uh, the, that's the thing. And I, sometimes I don't think people think about that. And, and I know there was all this thing going around. Oh well, it only costs uh, one pound to produce a CD. Well, it, it doesn't. Not when you look at rehearsal and instruments and recording and you know and artwork and things like that. It, it, it's it's a lot more than that. Um, but I haven't said that. I think vinyl will probably yeah save music. Um, because uh, more and more people are getting back into vinyl. Yeah. And with vinyl, it, it's not about just owning the music. I know Dave's got a huge vinyl collection, and it's about owning the album and owning the artwork and all the stuff that goes with it. Um, so it's not just about downloading a song. So in, in a way, I, I sort of hope vinyl sort of becomes more popular again. 
Yeah, you can't bootleg vinyl, and you well, you can't bootleg exactly. it, but you can't you can't download it. And that's yeah. I, I think the problem with the kids today is that you know they don't have like that sense of community that we had where yeah. you know there was that local club that you went to every weekend to go listen yeah. to bands, and there wasn't that local record store that you went to every week to find out yeah. you know what bands are coming out and buy those import records. They don't have that today, so I think yeah. that's one of the things that contributes to them just you know always going to everything on the internet. I mean, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, for me, it's the way you listen to music as well. I mean, for me, it's, I mean, you, you, I mean, my son and daughter do with the listen to things on on the iPod with little headphones and stuff. And for me, it's a, it's not to me. It's listening to music. You should be listening through your big hi-fi speakers. You know, feel it thumping you in your chest. It's right. <laughs> that, that's we are like it, the way it was recorded. So, I, yeah, I agree with you there. I, I still got my old speakers from 1980. They're yeah. bigger than my TV. <laughs> <laughs> That's weird. That's the way it goes. You know, Neil, something I just heard a little while ago that I didn't even know about is that you played with Wasted for a while. I don't even remember yeah. that. Not well. It was pretty short lived. Um, I, I did join. I think that was about 2007, and I, I started work on their last album, there, The Harsh Reality. Okay. I'm, I'm credited on two songs on there, um, Rocking the Cliche and Out of Control. In, in fact, well, the riff on Rocking the Cliche wouldn't be out of place on the Spartan album, really. Um, so, but like you say, I think Chris George, their previous guitarist, wanted back in. So that's how that one came to an end. But like you say, I, I was credited on it. And it was, you know, it was an experience. Um, something I'll never forget because I'm, I'm a huge UFO fan. So it's anything to do with Pete Weir was like a dream for me. Yeah, I don't blame you. And, and Finn yeah. was still singing with them at that time, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. I, we were rehearsing at a place down in Bournemouth, down on the south coast in England. And yeah, yeah, Finn was it was still there. So yeah, it was a good time. Yeah, I, I would have been great. I would love to hear. I would have loved to heard you play with them. That would have been fantastic. But I guess if you were, you wouldn't be doing Spartan Warrior again. Well, well, th- that's what kickstarted the Spartan Warrior thing because when I was writing with Wasted, I was sort of. It, it was a bit weird because it was, even though it was an original band and it was with one of my heroes, it was almost like being in a covers band, like learning old Wasted songs and things like that. Yeah. And all the time, even though I was writing with them, I was thinking, oh, I would love to do this with Spartan. Like, I would, there was things that, that I was coming up with. I was like, oh, like, I need to get, I need to be doing this with Spartan Warrior. And when the Wasted thing finished, that's why I decided to get Spartan Warrior back together. So that it was a good thing in a way. <laughs> was everybody willing to come back and start playing again at that point in time? Um, it, not at first. Um, I know t- Gordon mostly was was a bit reluctant. Uh, not sure of the reason why. Um, Tom took a little bit of persuading, um, but what happened was when I started playing them like new ideas and stuff and and rough versions of the of old songs that were that were written um, that I'd just done on, on the little Porter studio in the house. Really, um, Tom came back on. Dave said he would do it straight away. Um, then Tom came back on board, and then eventually Gordon did, and that's sort of how we did behind closed eyes. Um, but after Headbangers Open, uh, both Tom and Gordon decided to call it a day. Uh, so I'm not really sure. I just don't think the heart was in it anymore. Yeah. Um, so the, the priorities in the life now, and they decided they wanted to do other things. So. 
but the the good news with that is um sort of James came on board and then Dan and then uh, after market went there uh, our new base player Tim Morton and like you say we think it's the best lineup we've had um and certainly the songs we're writing uh, like I mean, I, lo- I know every band says this about the, the new stuff, but I, I, I love the stuff we're doing at the moment. Oh, it's fantastic. You know, in, in two years from now, you'll look back and say, that album sucked, uh, the new one's the best. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a lot of bands, they get back together, and they kind of just want to, like, you know, go through the, the festival scene, and uh, just the, the content with just playing their old songs. Uh, yeah. Is that something you ever thought about? Because I'm glad that you jumped right in with the new album and new tunes. I, I can't see any yeah. musician not wanting to you know, keep writing or keep, you know, moving on yeah. or playing new stuff. Well, I mean, I, I think like with any band, you, you're always going to be expected to, to play your own stuff, your old stuff. And that, that that's fair enough. But I think you've got to keep doing something new as well. I mean, it, it, it's more interesting for, for you as a band anyway, um, to, to do that rather than just keep going out playing, you know, doing festivals, playing stuff off our first two albums. It's, I mean, that would be the easy option, without a doubt, but uh, this band's about writing songs as well, and we like writing songs, we like recording as much as we like playing live, so uh, I, I can't see us ever not writing songs and, and wanting to do them and get them out there. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the lifeblood of any musician, is getting new music out there, and yeah. the, albums, the album came out about three years ago, are, are you going to start working on something new, or are you still just trying to play this one out? No, no, we're, um, we've already started. I, th- I think we've got about, well, basically we were demoing uh, stuff in, like you say, in my home studio. Um, we've got three songs completely finished. We've got another two that we're going to kick on, really kick on with and get, like, finished properly. Um, and then we've got loads of ideas. And we were talking about doing a 30th anniversary um, EP with their uh, Stealing Chains and Easy Prey on. And two new songs, but uh, we were having a chat about it uh, just the other day at the rehearsal, and we're thinking of just about doing Bro Fest and then really like cracking on with the next album, really, and and get that get the songs finished and then get them recorded, and uh, see if we can get uh, another label interested and in, uh, get it out there. Is that the hard part of the whole thing? Is uh, getting label interest or somebody to distribute the record? Yeah, I w- yeah, I would say so. Although, I mean, we didn't have too much trouble with their uh, behind closed eyes. Um, Iron Age came on board re- really quickly, to to be honest. Um, so it wasn't too difficult the last time. Um, so I-, I don't think you ever really know until you start looking. But e- either way, I mean, the, what we've said since we, since we reformed was that if we decide one album out, it'll be out regardless, one way or another, whether we'll put it out ourselves or if a label wants it then and if they want to throw their way behind it then all the better but either way we'll, we'll be going sort of moving heaven and earth to, to get another album out well I'm glad about that you know Neil I'm going to let you go I know you don't feel good it's getting late <laughs> I want to get on some music off of the last record uh, but Brofest it's March 1st March 2nd yeah uh, besides you guys Holocaust Avenger yeah. uh, I think Tyson Dog Deep Machine Black yeah. Rose Salem Scarab yeah. Great yeah. film, man. Yeah, oh, it's going to be unbelievable. I can't wait. Um, really can't wait. Well, to all my UK friends, get over to the show. Get there for both days if you can. If not, try to hit at least one day up, especially the day of Spartan Warriors playing. Right. Oh, jeez. Thanks very much, Mike. Uh, anytime. Neil. Thank you for calling it. I appreciate it. The best of luck with the band. Yeah, thanks, Mike. Thank you. Take care, Neil. See you later, man. Bye.
All right, let's get on. Uh, how about off the spot where we get our tear out your heart? Here we go.
that was tarantula, and Paul from Minnesota wanted to hear that. Paul, you just said tarantula. There's like three different tarantulas. Uh, so I was assuming that you meant the one from Portugal, the, like the only classic 80s band on there. I personally didn't care for the song, but there you go, Paul. I hope that's the one you wanted to hear. Uh, T, what's shaking, bacon? Uh, nothing much, you know, same old, same old. I hear you. I hear you. Neil is a really nice guy. I hate, you know, I I love having all these great bands on from England. But I feel bad because you know it's late over there. Like I feel like I'm keeping them up. You know. Yeah. Well, you know, you, you're promoting them, so you know. Oh, I know, but you know, it, it's still it's like after eleven, sometimes twelve o'clock, and you know, he doesn't feel. Neil was a good guy to talk to, and I was a big fan of Spot Worry back in the day, and I, I still am today. So it, it was good to have him on here. But you you know what next Sunday is, right? Uh, it's the big game. Well, for you, but uh, over no, not here for it's, me, but it's the big game for, for the whole world, pretty much. <laughs> but, but here it's a Super Metal Sunday and Heavy Metal Mayhem. Oh, next nice. next Sunday night, Doro Pesh is our guest, Very nice. and Eric Peterson from Testament. So we've got a, a Super Metal Sunday for everybody who's not into watching the football game or wants to tune in here before the game gets rolling around six thirty seven o'clock. So don't forget. It's a big show next week. Two great guests, two big guests in the world of heavy metal. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it would have been Michelle from Voivod, but that got messed up. But we'll get him on again. And February is looking fantastic. The week after that, we got a, a band I know that you like. Uh, Danko Jones is on the week after that. Yeah, I like Danko. Yeah, so uh, looking pretty good here for February. Yeah, they're a good band. That's what I say. Well, you know what? We've teamed up with Rock and Roll, etc. Uh, they're a memorabilia company, and they've opened up their vaults not long ago and discovered tons and tons and tons of brand-new merchandise left over from the 80s. Wow. And there's a lot of hard rock and heavy metal bands in there, and the company is going to be giving away two things every week to one of our listeners who calls in, comments, or anything, any way they want to get in touch with us after we feature an artist. And this week, they're giving away some Iron Maiden memorabilia from the 80s. Uh, wow. I guess it's sterling silver or metal, you know, Iron Maiden logo keychain. And a two-by-three-foot Iron Maiden poster with Eddie as a judge. So uh, when I play an Iron Maiden song tonight, just uh, tell me the name of the song. We make it real simple here. Either comment on the Facebook post here in the chat room or call in and they'll mail out that merchandise. And I don't know if they're going to tell me the band that they have every week, but every week there will be a giveaway, you know, a couple of things to give away by some metal bands. So yeah, check them out. Yeah, Iron Maiden. That's pretty damn Yeah. Good. So check them out. It's rockandrolletc.com. They do most of their work on eBay. Uh, you know, the, the name on eBay is Rock and Roll, etc. So head over there, too. And look at all the good It's not just metal. They have everything that came out of the 80s, from pop, rock, disco, classic, you know, movies, anything, you know. Yeah. It, it's not just metal, just that we're featuring the metal stuff here on the show because, hey, that's what we do. Yeah. All right. So we got Kenny calling in in a few minutes. How about we do our demolition segment, get that out of the way? Okay. And then maybe we'll play Iron Maiden after that. Who knows? All right, well, this is a band called Torrid Rain. They were a pretty cool band. This is all they really did, and they kind of like, you know, went into obscurity after this. But the demo is up on the blog spot right now, so type in Heavy Metal Mayhem about blog spot. I'm losing my voice again. And uh, you can download yourself a copy of this demo tape. Here's a song called Battle Cry.
with us in the chat room wins the merchandise and memorabilia this week. So, Reese, I'll get your address after the show, and I will have that out to you. And we'll also send you a little care package from the Heavy Metal Mayhem radio show. You know, now I know why Eddie Trunk does that box of junk, even though I don't, I don't, I can't stand them anymore. Because man, this shit just builds up after. Get rid of the old shit. Yeah, yeah. it's just pop. we can't use box of junk because that's his. So maybe we we'll use bag of swag or something. Who the hell knows? Swag. Call it what? bag of swag. Yeah, bags of swag. Bags, <laughs> so, bag of swag. People call this stuff swag when they get it. For that's free. right. So Reese, Rock and Roll, etc. will be sending you out an Iron Maiden necklace and a poster that's been in storage since the early 80s. And uh, so I you will know get it'll you out. Smell real nice. No, yeah. Smell like the 80s. Smell the glove. No, this is not like a basement in Brooklyn, you know. This is yeah. like a nice place. This is coming from a climate-controlled warehouse in the Nevada go. desert, so uh, well, somewhere out west. But they'll get it out to you uh, this week, and I'll get a package out there with a whole bunch of some scorpion shit or something on it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I'm always Reese is like, I feel like this is cheating. I'm like, it's not cheating. I got two people that called in and a whole bunch of emails uh, on Facebook. So yeah. you were the first, you get it. That's how it goes. That's not cheating. It's uh, no, the, first, the first one that responds gets it because I don't have the time to waste you know, looking around. So yeah. there you go. But you know what? You were, you got two. You, but you, what you can do is, if you want, um, every other week or every third week or so, you could say, uh, you know, this will be email week. Well, I'll, only, I'll take the email. That's a good idea. You know what I mean? Or because yeah. like, people listen to on the replay, you know? I know. It, like, it, that's the hard thing because, you know, even though we only have like 90, 10 people that show up in the chat room, there's yeah. thousands of people listening. They just right. don't come to the chat. Right. So you and, say like today, today is Sunday, right? So you say anybody who emails me Monday, you know, yeah. Monday, uh, you know. Uh, good idea. New York time, you know, yeah. whatever. Um 
you know, say twelve, say twelve noon Eastern time. You know, that way it gives people time to wake up. And exactly. Well, you know what? We'll do that. Maybe you know what? Every week they're giving us two things to give away, so maybe we'll give out one thing. Okay. To whoever like responds during Live the show, and one like email. Yeah. Because we get like tens of thousands of people that listen to the show during the week, and plus, you know, want right, to talk to right. you, iTunes. You can even say um, email on Tuesday instead of – That's right. Know, but that way, you know, you maybe the person who listens Monday say, oh, I'll wait till Tuesday to email. That's that right. So you know what? something to look forward to. That's right. We'll do that next week. I thought they had us to look forward to, but what are you going to do? But we'll, we'll do that next week. We'll give so everybody Mike, a fish Mikey's shot. bag of swag. There you go. Sponsored, sponsored by Rock and Roll, etc. There you go. Well, you know what the people really tune into the show for every week? What's that? That's Mr. Ken Pierce from Pierce. Oh, Another I know I do. <laughs> Kenny, how are you, my friend? You had me on mute. I was trying to guess the song all this time, and now Reese wins. Holy crap, you know, getting a oh. prize would be more money than I'm making calling into this goddamn I, show. You know what? You called in at the same time that somebody else called in with a 718. I, I wanted to throw my two cents into the pick and say that it was Number of the Beast by Iron Man. I know. Well, you know what? You're actually disqualified because you're an employee of the station. It sounded exactly like Number of the Beast to me. <laughs> Then you're throwing around that this is the box of junk, and you're going to put Tommy in the little dress and have him hand out the box. And no, 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 no. It's you know, that's not a bad idea. Hey, hey, I'm not wearing no dress. I'm, all, I'm over that shit. Uh, <laughs> wait, he's over that shit, so he's done it at a time. Oh, a... we've done it. We've done it over the years. I've seen those pictures. Yeah, I've done it. Well, it looks like Broomhilda. <laughs> it is great I, I, Guys, it is great to be back here With all of you heavy metal Mayhemiacs And oh, especially uh, Tommy And of course, El Grand Queso You know, it's just El Grand Queso. It's just wonderful It's just wonderful And man, I, I've, had the, I've had the best few days I really wow. have I, Guys, you check this out Remember, now, now this is a trick of course Remember how it was exciting To be a young metalhead Of yes. course it take it takes a little bit of doing for us, of course. But remember how exciting that was, man. I'm telling you, the other night, the Black Veil Brides played the Best Buy Theater with their Church of the Wild Ones show, and they blasted through New York, even though the snow was all over the ground, and the show was sold out, and it just blew me away because the youth of the metal nation were represented in full. And some of these fans were so young that their parents were in tow to make sure that these kids got out in one piece. I mean, there wow. were 10, 11, and 12-year-olds at this show. It was insanity. There was one woman walking around, and she was like, clearly her daughter was there, was in the crowd somewhere. She kept telling everybody that she was, uh, she was oh, my daughter's in there. Oh, my daughter's in there. Oh, my daughter's. So I asked her if she was Stacy's mom. <laughs> <laughs> Oh jeez! <laughs> <laughs> she actually got the joke, so it was fun. Oh. So uh, that was clever. So that was a, that was a great, great show. And I'm telling you, I think, I think, uh, I think these Black Veil Brides guys are on a on a good track of because they're they're nice and heavy and they're they're good live and it's it's powerful stuff. So I'm happy to see a a good band being in the public eye like that. So that is pretty cool. That was one of the things that I got to do. And hey, you know. Well, a couple of weeks ago, we were speaking about the new Black Sabbath album coming out, and we were all excited that it was going to have Brad Wilk on the drums in place of Bill Ward. Oh, yes. Yeah, so so, uh, so the other day, now check this out. The other day, Geezer made a statement, and he said that the material on this album is a cry back to the first three albums that they ever did. So now I found this very interesting, considering we're talking about the self-titled debut, uh, Paranoid, mm -hmm. and, of course, 
Masters of Reality, three three equally genre-defining releases that spoke to a growing new sound uh, so long ago. So I think the band is in a in a tricky pr- uh, princi- you know precipice here, comparing new material to those three genre-defining uh, records. So because uh, if this if this thing sucks. <laughs> And and they're comparing it to the power of like paranoid and master reality and black Sabbath. So, uh, I don't know. I don't like when bands do that because then it just lets us down. If because everybody's now yeah, expect, right. everybody's going to expect that. You know, we got the spirit of the spirit of when we first got back together. Uh, you know, mixed with uh, where we're he- where our heads are at right now. You know, and let and let people decide if they're going to like it or not. But, only time will yeah. tell. Only time. I, will I, I think Kenny's 100 percent right on that. When you when you promote it like that and you pump yeah. it up that way, and then you know it's not what it's a, you know a fan doesn't think what it's supposed to be. It is a big disappointment. I mean, I know firsthand because I always tell my wife I'm going to rock a world to take her upstairs, and you know it's it's, it's just she like reaches a sun, into right? the box of junk. That's right, the bag of swag. <laughs> Leg. I know, the but bigger swag, yeah. Swag, swag. The, the well, in your case, it's the bigger swag. Slices of cheese. So oh, now, Mike, you think you can sing? Do you think you can sing, man? Because if you do, and you got sixty dollars as well, you can get a one-on-one lesson with the one and only Bjorn Speed Strid of the Mighty Soil Work, who's going to be doing this across the tour uh, this coming uh, few months. Speed's going to give you a sixty-minute lesson and offer vocal and career guidance for you to bring back to your band. Now, that sounds like a pretty cool chance to get an inside view on how it's done and has been done from an industry veteran. So just think to, uh, to this one, metal singers of the realm. This assistance can possibly prepare you for American Idol 13, and it's time to put a metal head in the top spot once and for all, don't you think? I agree, but I'll give him some career advice. Pack it in, your band sucks. Oh, that's terrible to say. So you know I love this uh, folk metal stuff, and Illuvity, or El Waity, as it's really pronounced. Uh, they just announced that their hurdy-gurdy player and vocalist, Anna Murphy, has left the tour due to illness and is headed back to Switzerland. I always hate when a band that's touring hard has to send somebody home because of illness, because this is really, you know, these are the bands that are just, they're living to tour, because that's, that's the only way they're making any money. And, uh, so she's uh, she's not going to be making any of the Brazilian appearances as a result of this, and no information on her having an understudy for the dates available. So as a fan of the band, we at the Piercing Metal and, of course, the Heavy Metal Mayhem show wish her a speedy recovery. Now, uh, speaking of leaving, we all know that Rob Caggiano has left uh, Anthrax after being in the lineup for 12 years. Are you clapping? Yes, I am. Are you reaching into the bag of swag to find a replacement? <laughs> no, not yet. So they uh, they have, they've announced that John Donays or Donays of I don't know how to say it of Shadows Fall will be filling in on the tour, and Rob will be busy producing the new Volbeat album. Now, a lot of the metal mayhemiacs will like to know that uh, Volbeat had the one and only Hank Sherman on tour, yeah. and he was in a little band that uh, what did they call that band again? Uh, uh, Merciful Fate. The Merciful Fate, that's right, yeah. So there we go. Hey, you know, speaking of a Merciful Fate, we have uh, Jeff Tate's Queensryche has just signed to Cleopatra Records, and I guess they're calling it Jeff Tate's Queensryche. Now, although the band lineup was originally announced back in the fall of 2012, things have changed considerably, and most of those players are not with the lineup anymore. Uh, The band now features Mr. Jeff Tate, of course, along with Rudy Sarzo on the bass. 
Guitarist Kelly Gray on lead guitar, keyboardist Randy Gain, and new additions of Robert Sarzo and drummer Simon Wright. So that is – sorry, my, my screen went off. And that All is right. what's going on with – that's what's going on with that side of the fence. Now, speaking of leavings, is that a word, leavings? Leavings. It is leavings. a Leavings. Some, some news from the White Snake camp, and that is that drummer Brian Tishy has left the lineup to pursue other musical interests. And while I love what he brings to the table, the long-time diehard fans of the Mighty Band will likely care less as the news about his replacement is the one and only Tommy Aldridge. Here they go again. Mike. Now, speaking of going one more round, the dates for the Pagan Fest USA have been announced, so check your listings. Our own regional show will take place in April at the Gramercy Theater. And for those who are interested, this is a tour that brings the headlining Enciferum to the stage with Tyr, who's been on the show, and several other folkish acts of note. I love this stuff, so you guys can count on a full report and photos from that one when it happens. Now, uh, if you have an eBay account, you might want to check your standings to make sure they're good because it seems that the Pontiac Trans Am, once owned by the late Lane Staley, is being auctioned off by his father. This 2000 uh, edition car only has 26,000 miles on it for those who might be interested in owning the vehicle, but it's a Trans Am, so there's not a lot of room for the kids in the back seat now because, you know, this is where we all are at this point in time. What was the um, price on that? Uh, there's no price yet. Oh, I thought there was like an open and bid maybe or something. No, I don't. I didn't. I didn't check eBay to see. <laughs> I, I think it's kind and of. That's a good deal because you might be able to walk away with that car for a grand, and it's probably at least four or five ounces of coke spread out throughout the dashboard in there. So you might get lucky and uh, get two. <laughs> the only it's a car that comes with dog sniffers before you get it, right? It's like, <laughs> no. That's true. <laughs> Now, it's time it's time to lay some hate on a on a couple of thousand metalheads because we are right now once again at the time of the seventy thousand tons of metal cruise and this is the third voyage of this enterprise and uh you know, you and I are still here sitting in our mutual headquarters dishing out uh. the metal good for our loyal listeners instead of enjoying a well deserved vacation upon the high seas with a few thousand metalheads and Bands. So there you go. So that's you know that's uh, that's all the news briefs of things that struck me uh, of a fancy this particular couple of weeks. And I hope you oh, quite a few things going on there. You know who else is going to be in that seventy thousand tons of metal cruise? Our guest next week, Miss Doro Pesh. Oh, I thought you were laying me out for a joke. And no, 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 no. Miss Doro Pesh is going to be on the show next week, and she's uh, actually going to she's on the. She's one of the performers on the cruise. But you know what? I've seen pictures and videos from, like, I guess, last year. And it is amazing that there's that many bands that, you know, we grew up with there. And you can get, like, up close and personal with them. It's almost like Nam on, on the ocean. You can hang out with these guys at the bar because, you know, you're all confined to that ship over. There's no way for them to hide. That's the only right. bad thing is you look at the pictures. It's like a sausage fest. There's, mm. like, 200 guys that are 400 pounds with, with thongs on jumping in a pool. I mean, uh, that's yeah. <laughs> Well, we well, I made a joke. Uh, made a joke. My friend said, uh, my friend said, yeah, you know, it, it's what an interesting dynamic. Uh, like the Black Veil Bride show was from the show that Heath's going to be hitting in a couple of weeks with me. Also, you know, we're hitting the Testament and Overkill show. And I was like, wow, how you know, it was illegal to talk to the fans at the show the other night, yeah. and and uh, you, you're gonna you're gonna think you're at the He Man Woman Haters Club with the Testament and Overkill show. Definitely. You know, but, uh, but yeah, so thinking about shows, uh, what do you got going on? Oh, in the, shows, in the shows. You, you, oh, let's see. Well, you know, we have a we have a, a cornucopia of 
a show decopia of, of things that are going on. Uh, January started off slow, but like I said, we got tonight. Down at the Music Hall of Williamsburg, you got Graveyard, and they are playing with a band called, I think it's a, um, Wisdom, Wisdom or something like that. You're asking me? Uh, they're playing at a NAM convention, obviously ended today, so for all those folks who went over to there. Uh, a blues show again because Johnny Winter finishes up his winter and winter residency over at BB King Blues Club, and as I had said, the, uh, the seventy thousand tons of metal ships off tomorrow, and runs until I guess Thursday. Uh, the band The Used, which is kind of like that gothic emo stuff, is going to be back over at the Best Buy Theater on Wednesday, and I don't know if they. Oh yes, they have. Uh, we came as Romans, crown the empire, and mind flow as their support acts. And this is an earlier starting show based on the number of bands appearing. The Gin Blossoms will be over at BB King Blues Club, so hey, jealousy, get on down there to see that one. The bands for today will uh, headline the Fight to Silence tour, and they are going to be bringing along Memphis May Fire and many or many other artists to be announced for this particular tour. It's a big. It's one of those like six, seven band clusters of of things, and it's uh, the uh, the metal court stuff. Um, that brings us into Friday, which is February already, guys. Man, you know, holy crap! Uh, the band Mo. Oh wait. <laughs> Mo is back at the Best Buy Theater, and this is a band that's a it's a jam band, but you know a lot of the. A lot of the rockers like this stuff because it's just it's just such a musical display, and uh, they're good at what they do, and they are back after a two-year hiatus, according to what I've read. And they're going to be playing not one but two nights. So how is that for a return? So don't miss a melodic minute of this if the band serves your musical fancy. They'll be playing on Friday and Saturday at the Best Buy Theater. Rubik's Cube, we've talked about them being the ultimate 80s tribute band, and they were always playing over at the Canal Room. The band makes their first appearance at the Gramercy Theater, so they're moving out of this kind of club and going over to the Gramercy. So I don't know if they're starting to set up a new sort of routine at clubs like Gramercy where there's a later evening show. It seems like a lot of uh, clubs are doing this. There's something earlier, and then there's going to be something later. And I'm just guessing that rents are too hard and the bills are just too high in the city for, yeah. for stuff to, to happen otherwise. So let's see how Rubik's Cube does. For Gramercy Theater, it's a 10:30 p.m. show, so don't be early if you want to rock out late at night. And that, my friends, is all I have for you. I know it's a lot, so remember to find Piercing Metal over on Facebook by giving our page a like, give our Twitter a follow, and if you like that Instagram noodling, just go over to Piercing Metal NYC and find me on Instagram. And that is all I have for you, my friends. Sounds good, Kenny. Thank you, buddy. Anytime. See you next week. Talk to you next week. All right, brother. All right. You know what? We were talking about the Bro Fest before going on in that two-day festival featuring all those classic new wave of British heavy metal bands. Here's another band who's on the bill, and I think they might be the headliner. It's Holocaust, The Small Hours.
right, T. The little motorhead there, going back to the bomber days, the sweet revenge. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's good shit. I tell you, I don't think anything could kill kill Lemmy. Nothing could kill that guy. No, he's he's in, um, indestructible. Yeah, he's in his late, you know, what is it, late 60s now he's got to be? 67, I think. Yeah, and he's still out there playing, recording, playing music, drinking, smoking. You can't, he's like a cockroach. You can't kill him. <laughs> Just going to keep going. And thank God we'll keep having all this music. Yeah, I mean, because, you know, stuff is, you'd think maybe, you know, he'd run out of lyrics, he'd run out of lip riffs, he'd run out of, but, you know, it just keeps coming. I mean, some, yeah. some of the stuff on the last couple of albums is good stuff, man. I, you know, I love yeah, those I albums. I agree. I was, uh, uh, I'm going to be interviewing Danko Jones, like, sometime next week for uh, the show, because he can't make the live show. So he had, uh, there's some book out called Sex, Tip, uh, Sex Tips from Rockstars. I don't know if you've ever heard of it or seen it. Oh. And they ask him all these crazy questions about sex. You know, you're know, supposed to give funny answers or whatever. Right. So they ask Lemmy about anal sex. He says, I don't stick my dick in anything that shit comes out. Stick his shit back on me or something. Because okay. I don't put my dick in something that could come back out or whatever. It was a funny comment. I just can't remember it. Yeah. But it looks like a real fun book. It's been out for a while now. I've never even heard of it. But, uh. Uh-huh. Okay. I'm gonna look and look to check it out. It looks we like can a get that and have some read, you know, read some excerpts from it. Yeah, it looks like a fun book, you know. So uh, if anybody has uh, read the book, uh, maybe you can send me a copy. So I don't have to buy it. Nah, I'll pay for the book. We got to support the arts. Well, you can lend it to us. And we'll that's right. Back. I mean, that's what you know. It's it's a barter, you know. It's a, it's a borrowing system, you know. That's right. If somebody has the book, you mail it to me, and I'll mail you out a ton of shit from the bag of swag. There you go, and you'll get the book back when we're done with it. That's right, and you get the book back with it. So it doesn't get any better than that. You get the best of both worlds. But you know, we we've been talking about like you know all the bands that have been coming back over the last few years, and you know. How metal's getting bigger again, and I I think this is about as good as it's going to get for us. I mean, all these classic bands are back. Tempest is back. You're working on new songs too, you know. But everybody's putting out new albums, and they just seem to be getting better and better. I don't know. It's just it's a good time. I mean, I know it does a show like when you go to the concerts, and that's weird because a few years ago nobody was buying the albums, but everybody's going to the shows. Now it seems like you know it's the opposite now. I mean, not that they're buying them; they're just still getting them for free, but. I mean, nobody's going to shows anymore. I mean, and we got a couple of good ones coming up. You know, Kenny gives us his update every week yeah. on what's happening in the area. And, you know, I'm looking forward to Udo coming around. Attack is going to be coming back to Brooklyn with Hellstar. And they just added another band to the bill. I can't believe I forgot the name of who it is. It's a cult underground band from the 80s that, you know, unless you went to the underground scene, you wouldn't have heard of them. But they were popular. And there's going to be a whole bunch of them on there. So I'm looking forward to going to St. Vitus. And hopefully you'll be able to come with me that night so I don't have to go alone. I, we'll, we'll have to see about that one. Yeah, it's a Saturday night, so... Uh, oh, Saturday night, yeah. Right. Yeah, it's a Saturday night. I can't do the week, you know, during the week things either. It's too difficult with work and everything, you know? Yeah, yeah. But Saturday night, I come to my little hometown of Brooklyn for an hour to hang out and meet a few guys and have a drink, and it's a pretty cool place. It really is. Definitely a cool joint. Cool. Yeah, so I know Kenny will give us more on that as we get closer, but I know uh, in, the early, in the beginning of the show, you, you weren't with us yet, uh... Satan, one of my favorite bands from the new wave of British heavy metal era. Uh, they've never played in America. You know, Brian Ross, you know, they do a lot of festivals. They get back together when they can to do shows. But, you know, he's got Blitzkrieg going, and the other guys have their own bands also. But they have a brand new record they're working on. It's supposed to come out this spring. I'm looking forward to that. It'll be the first record with this lineup, I think, since the first record back in 83. So it'll be a long time. They're coming to Montreal to play in Montreal for some festival there. For, like a two-day festival. Right. 
I don't know. I know there's a train that goes right out of Penn Station or Grand Central, whatever it is, right up to Montreal. I don't know if you're in for a weekend road trip or not, but <laughs> I tell you, I would go in a heartbeat. Wow. I would go in a heartbeat to see them. I'm hoping that somebody lines up a show for them here, like, you know, in, in New York when the when they're over this way, but I don't know if that's going to happen or not. Uh, I can't wait. I would love to see those guys. You know, like it's great when you get to see bands that you were a fan of back in the day yeah. that you know just never got here for one reason or another. Now they're coming. You know, you want to see them. And Satan are definitely one of those bands. Ah, looking forward to it. So is Viking, who's going to be playing with Hellstar at St. Vitus. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing them too. All right, T. We got to get some music on here. How about uh, you want to hear Broker's Helm? Yeah, that sounds cool. All right, here to rock. <laughs>
All right, I was stinging sure out of Wichita, Kansas. More than the Wichita lineman over there, buddy. <laughs> they were a good band. I had their demo. I had their demos like eighty, I think eighty three came out. They had put out an EP in eighty four, and then they like disappeared. You know, never heard from them again. But they got back together, and they put out an album called The Sure Will Arise in 2007. And I think they are still playing out there. I'm going to try to reach out for those guys and try to get them on the show. I try to keep this year, like, you know, to, like, real, like, all underground bands. Like, last year we had groups off all different genres of metal. And we're getting back to the main focus this year, which is strictly 80s music or bands from the 80s that are putting out new stuff today, you know. Yeah. So we're trying to avoid, like, you know, all the other bands that we don't really care about. <laughs> I hate to say it that way, but... That's the way it goes. Gotta put our That's right. That's how the show started out. Then we kind of lost the drift there for a little bit when, you know, now when you get involved with record companies and PR people and management firms, yeah. they push a hundred different bands on you to get the one that you really want. So you got to get into bed with them and put all those groups on. But this year, if you're not classic hard rock and heavy metal from the 80s or a new band that at least sounds that way, we're not even going to bother. All right, I'm glad you. I'm glad you agree with me there. Sounds good, man. I'm glad, I, I'm glad I got you on my side. Did you get that video that I, I sent you of um, the band Hollywood Stars doing the King of the Nighttime World? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, Did yeah, you yeah. know that that Kiss that was a uh, Kiss covered that? I, I didn't well, know. Well, I know Kim Foley wrote it with them. Yeah. So I assumed that Foley wrote the song, you know, with uh, Stanley, but it wasn't that way. And you see, there's other names on it. Um, you know, even looking at the liner notes of Destroyer, it says, you know, Stanley, Foley, Mark Harris, I think the guy's name, or Harold the, or something. The it other guy, like, um, I'm, I'm trying to think of his name now. Uh, hang on. Five or six names on yeah, um, for that. That track. Mark Anthony. Mark, Mark Anthony was Anthony, the guy's name. That's what it was. Yeah, him and Kim Fowley was wrote together. They were right. songwriters together. And right. this was at the time when uh what do you call it? Um The Runaways. He had you know, he was managing and doing the writing for the runaways. Right. And he had Hollywood stars and he wrote that song for them and he also wrote Do You Love Me? Okay, right. He wrote that too for another band. He he tells you the name of the band in an interview. I just couldn't remember it. So I'm gonna look up that interview again to like hear their version of it. Right. But like, you know, I I know that they they wrote the song, but I I didn't know that they like you know they put the names in there because they want to they get the writing credit you know yeah. that's the only reason it's on it. Well, How that happens? The arrangement is slightly different. Yeah, know, yeah. The arrangement is slightly song. different, and but the lyrics and the hook are exactly the same. You know. I think the band was called the uh, the Nutcrackers. Was the name of the band? Or did Do You Love Me? Oh, okay. I have to look it up to be sure, but I remember it was something on like a, it had like a title that you reminisce with, like Christmas. So yeah. I think it was. Enough. I'm going to look. Oh. But he wrote those two songs, and you know, Stan Lee and I was probably Gene Simmons going to get his name on there. They get the name because they want the writing credit, even though yeah, they really. Right. What did Paul Stanley write in that song? I mean, honestly. Well, I, like I said, it's not a hundred percent. I know. Song, but it's very reminiscent. You know, I mean. Oh, definitely. But, you know, the more I see stuff like that, I'm like, did Kiss, like, actually write any of their own music on their own? You don't know. You don't know. Like, this could be the only one that that the original writer said, no, we want our names on it. You know what I'm saying? Well, he said in an interview, he goes, I thank God for Kiss every day because those two songs I wrote for them yeah. is my retirement money. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, there's big money in the cop. I mean, you know, I he know. He probably wouldn't back down. He probably wouldn't back down. And no. said, I'm not selling you the song. I want yeah. your name on it. 
uh, you know, and they saw that Bob Ezrin was record, you know, was was producing the album, and Kiss was at their height, you know, yeah. and that album, whatever, you know, whatever you think about the Destroyer album, it's probably one of the biggest sellers. Oh, know? definitely. But do you remember that rumor that went around a while ago that Brian Adams had wrote Rock and Roll All Night? Yeah, there you go. See, who knows? I right? don't know if it, I mean, you know what? Like you said, he they might have bought the East. When that came out, he was probably he really was young back then. So he was a kid, yeah. So he probably said, "Hey, we well, you know what? I'm going to get some money for this, and you know, it's and I can see them doing it." And then their name goes on because technically they own it now. Exactly. But he's never come out and said that in an interview. Maybe he doesn't even, you know. Well, maybe think, uh, we'll have can't. to get him on the me- on the heavy metal mayhem. <laughs> you know what? I, sometimes I wish we didn't call the show heavy metal mayhem because then when we but, want to go to other artists, you, know, artist you kind of pigeonhole yourself, you know. I know, but. but but you never know. You know, we could. You, you can still say that we're follow. You know, we're follow, following up on. Uh, uh, we're doing a Kiss uh, theme show, uh, and we just want a, a statement. Address the rumors. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Address the rumors. Exactly. I'm gonna you do know? that. I'm gonna get. Yeah. I'm gonna get in touch with his people because I, I know other artists that are on that label that yeah. you know I deal with. Okay. So I'm gonna do that. Say it. What the hell? I would, I because believe me, I thought about changing the title a couple of times over there. I'm like, you know what? It's been that way for so long now. Yeah. That's what people know it as. I hate to change it, but like it says, I mean, the show we we're heavy, we're metalheads. We love heavy metal. Yeah, sometimes... I mean, you know, majority of the stuff we play. I mean, we're more metal than than. I mean, you know, we you are more metal. Oh, we are. I thought that. Well, this metal, this show is more metal than uh, you know than the Eddie Trunk show. Oh, without a doubt. It's just but... metal because those are the people he knows. I know. You know I mean, well, I'm going to reach out to them anyway. Even if he doesn't want to do the interview, maybe I can get an answer out of his public. Maybe you just get a, a, you know, what do you call that? A, uh, um, you know, a response. What do you call that? Like a statement. A yeah. statement regarding it, you know? I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to work on that tomorrow. Because God knows I have nothing else to do with my life. So we'll work on that. And we'll try to get that done. That'd be real cool, I think. Yeah. I think so too. I agree. All right. Well, you know what? Our good friend, uh, Steven Zetro Zusa. He's got his band Hatred. He has, you know, a band that has both of his sons in there, along with, you know, two other guys. One other guy, I should say now, because his son took over for the other one. The new record finally came out. It's a solid album. We had Steve on a few months ago, I think back in September. We had him on a couple of years ago. Fun guy to talk to, full of life. Uh, well, the new record, like I said, is out, so go pick it up. Here's a song called Bliss Stained Wings.
right, there you go. Brand new Hatred. Featuring Steve Zetro Azusa on vocals and his two kids playing drums, I believe, bass. Bloodstained Wings. Yeah, T, the, the two hours are almost up, man. It's 10 to 8. Holy shit. Yeah, time goes by, I guess, when you're trying to have fun, huh? Trying to have fun. Oh, <laughs> we always have fun here. We always have a good time. Well, we let me see what we got cooking. Uh, this Thursday on the Metal Matinee, it's Sheer Thrash Attack. We're going to be doing all uh, Queen covers on this uh, Thursday show, so don't forget to tune in. I oh. know I dug up a lot of covers I don't think people ever heard of or even knew wow, existed. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I don't take the cheap way out. Look for like a, a cover record and then take all the songs off it. Yeah. I dig deep, and I dig deep like I'm going into a crevice, like into a crack, like an ass crack, and I pull it out. Yeah. And I play it. So that's this Thursday on the Metal Matinee at 12 o'clock. Don't forget to tune Thanks in. the graphic uh, details. <laughs> Description. Of that, yeah, you know. <laughs> I, I figured I, I created image, you know, because this is radio or, or internet radio. So, you know, it's not visual. So, right. you know, I did an interview the other day with, a, with an artist, and I won't say who it is, but uh, it was on Skype. And he was using, like, the video uh, conference on Skype. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't even have I don't even have a webcam on, on the computer I use for the show. So uh, he's like, oh, I, I can't see you. I'm like, unless you're psychic, you're not going to. I says, I don't, I'm not on webcam. Because uh, that's, that's why I like to do interviews. I like uh, to see the person I'm talking to. I was like, what's the difference? You're on the radio. Nobody's going to see you anyway. You know, I, I didn't get that. But, uh, you know, we'll get that interview on soon. And then you know who I'm talking about because you hear him say it like 10 times during the interview. Yeah, okay. All right. But, hey, next Sunday, I know it's Super Bowl Sunday. The game don't start to watch. 6.37 o'clock. I like that. Yeah, man, I know people prepare like, you know, eight hours before, but yeah. t- tune into the show anyway. You know, even if you don't put the volume on, just let the show play because we've got some great guests next week. Dora Pesh of Doro and Warlock and Eric Peterson of Testament. It doesn't get any better than that for a metal show in one night. So tune in uh, when you're on the Super Bowl halftime show. I don't know who's playing this year. It's probably some crappy band, so go back and play the replay of the podcast. And, you know, crappy band. Who is it? Crappy teams, you mean. Who's who's doing the the halftime show? Oh, the bands. Oh, I think it's what's her name, Beyonce. Oh, definitely don't tune into that. Yeah. Tune into having a main radio show instead. You have more fun over here. Yeah, you just tune over. That's right. And you know what? The replays and the podcast are available one minute after the show. So tune in then if you have to or during the week. It's going to be a great one. So I don't want anybody to miss that. Definitely. All right. I just realized before we played Holocaust, the small hours. Didn't Metallica cover that on Garage Days or yeah, yeah, or one of those albums that they did. Mm-hmm. But I, I didn't realize a lot of it was that long. What'd you say, Ben? I didn't realize it was that long. It was like seven minutes long. I don't think. Um, I think Metallica kind of shortened it because I don't think because it was going on kind of long, and I'm like, I think Metallica's version was a little shorter than this. It definitely was. That was, you know, I was like, damn, this is a long song. Well, the, the what do you call it? The tempo was slightly faster. The Metallica tempo. Yeah, and when I heard that, you know, in the garage days, I'm like, you know, I didn't look. Uh, I, I think I looked at the line of notes because, you know, I probably have it on album. When I first got, I got it on record, not on CD. Was it? Yeah, probably on record back then. Yeah, it was on record, and um, I might have saw the last names and going, damn, that sounds familiar. But then when I first heard that beginning, like the light guitar, yeah, I'm like, I have this record. You know what I mean? Like yeah, you could put your finger on it. Because I have all that old, you know, New Wave of British Heavy Metal record, you know? And I probably started digging through it, and then, then I, you know, remembered, you know, what, where I saw those last names, you know, on the whole, yeah. on that album. 
Fun. It fun sounds stuff. familiar. Fun did you uh, talk to Metallica? Did you hear that uh, the new Jason Newstead EP metal? I, I actually liked that one song. The one uh, soldiers, the soldiers of something, a soldier head. Uh, yeah, uh, that's a good song. But I played the other three, and the crappy. Oh really? See, I didn't hear the other stuff. Yeah, it sounds like that new shit that came out, and I don't know. It's like well, uh, I don't know. It's soldier like, like Echo Brain. Reminds me of a sla- like a cross between Slayer, Old Metallica. I wouldn't even say Motorhead, but obviously it has the Motorhead vibe because those, you know, those bands kind of had, you know. But to me, it sounds like a Slayer song mixed with like some hardcore, you know, like old hardcore that we used to listen to. Yeah, yeah. The whole, the whole, whole album's got a little bit of that vibe, mm-hmm. but some of the other songs just aren't as catchy as that one, I guess, or it's just not as interesting. Yeah, I, that I one is really good. If the whole album was as good as that, he'd have some fucking album on his hands. I, it, it, what he put out is better than what Metallica's done in years. Well, I was gonna say too. <laughs> I was gonna say yeah, too. I mean, you know, it's I mean, just if the old Metallica. If he would have helped them record the newest, the newer Metallica stuff, it probably would have been a lot better than you know the shit that they put out. Yeah, I mean, the stuff they put out wasn't as bad as the old stuff, like the load stuff. It was just very boring. Yeah, I know. I agree with you, but you know, I mean, had like play. Song. I got tapes cassette tapes and digital clips of riffs that, you know, I'm never going to use. I mean, if they want to buy, you know, I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll tell them, you know, five, you know, five, five for fucking a thousand dollars. Buy five, get one free. Yeah, every, yeah, right. <laughs> buy five, get, you know, buy two, get one free. I mean, you know. Yeah. There is a lot of like this soldier head is not a bad tune. Maybe I got to give it more of a listen to try to get into. But yeah, I'd like to hear song, the rest of that. You got to song God Snake yeah. is. After I'm done with you, I'm going to send you over a couple of things. Yeah, uh, me, but uh, you know. God Snake and King of the Underdogs, I'm not crazy about. There's a song called Skyscraper. It kind of has the vibe of like Black Sabbath, uh, the Wizard, like that uh-huh. kind of like groove to it. Yeah. But then it kind of drifts off a little bit towards it. But maybe I got to give it more of a listen before I condemn it. But like I said, it's still better than a lot of other crap out still there. Better, Much a lot better of the, Metallica. the new Metallica shit. Yeah. Definitely, I agree with you there. But I'm going to get surprised. it to you. When I heard the clip off of. Uh, off of uh, Blabbermouth, I was just like, "Wow, he's got something here," and I'm a little disappointed that the rest of it is not as, you know, not as good. Yeah, I agree with you on that. But I'm gonna get it to you after the show, T. We got enough time for for one more tune, so I'm gonna get right. that on. I want to thank everybody for listening today, like always, buddy. It's good hanging out with you. Yeah, it's fun. Fun. And I want to thank. I mean, you. we we'll won't talk. Time. We won't talk live next week, but um, you know, we'll talk. Yeah, you'll be here, in Spirit. That's all that matters. Yeah, I'll be listening. All right. Take care, everybody. I'll see you next week. Thanks to Neil Wilkinson from Smart Warrior. Let's close out the show with one more band from that bro fest. Here's Tyson Dog with Street Thunder. Take care, buddy. All right. Take care.
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.